Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday, my friends. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Don't forget, of course, you can hear me today and all next week from 4pm on Drive. Today, by the way, I'm alongside the fun boy Jason Cunney, so God knows what's going to happen for those three hours. Now, we begin today's podcast by looking back on a dramatic first day's play at Headingley, as, of course, the third Ashes Test got underway. Here's how we summed it up on Talksport. I think Australia will be the happier of the two sides when you consider they lost another toss and they were 85 for four with Smith, Labashane, Kawaja and Warner all out. So they're their big four. They're their best four batters. And then Mitchell Marsh, who hasn't played a test match for Australia in four years, is only playing because of an injury to Cameron Green um, and was dropped on 12, then smashed 100 odd in a session. And Australia made England pay for dropping four chances. Um, then they'll feel a little bit disappointed that their last six wickets could only put on 23. Mark Wood, who was absolutely extraordinary at times today, mm. he bowled the fastest over that's ever been recorded in England and uh, was averaging over 90 miles an hour throughout his entire spell of bowling. And it hit. he bowled one delivery at 95.6, or was it 96.5? 96.5 miles an hour, which is... You know, you're approaching 100 miles an hour. You're not allowed to drive that fast. John, who's, who's, the, who's the fastest ever? What's been the fastest ever delivery recorded? Uh, Shoab Akhtar, whose nickname was the Raul Pindi Express, was clocked at bowling 100 miles an hour in a wow. white ball game. Uh, Jeff Thompson, it's believed, the Australian's um, fast bowler. This is, The thing is, they... they well, they measured the speed differently around the world, and also they didn't even bother. They they didn't have the technology to measure speed up right. until about twenty, thirty years ago. So you don't really know. But Jeff Thompson is regarded as one of the fastest ever. But once you're going past ninety four, ninety five miles an hour, you're reaching a, a level that has only ever really been reached by a handful, yeah. handful of bowlers in in the history of the game. So uh, it was extraordinary. It really is. It really is something to behold as well to to watch that live. To, to watch someone bowling that fast is is yeah. something else. Mm. But saying that, you know, England will really feel like they've let Australia off here. Australia should have been bowled out for 180. They made 260. And then, of course, when England came out to bat, Australia took every chance that went their way. And that's proving to be a massive difference between these two sides. You know, England have actually scored um, man-to-man more runs than Australia, certainly in terms of the wickets. Uh, their bowling has, has been up there, but it's the fielding. 
It's been appalling from England, and it's cost them again mm. today. It could who, cost them the series. Who will be the happier out of the two tonight? I think Australia will be yeah. the happier. Okay. Getting rid of three batters. Mm. Um, you know, I think conditions could and should ease tomorrow. The conditions overhead are going to be a bit better here in Leeds. Day two is, you know, we spoke about this at Lords, didn't we? Day two can often be a bit of a better day to bat. But England have got to make it count because we've been here before so many times. England have had the advantage and they have not been able to drive it home. And that happened again today. Now, rounding up another action-packed day at Wimbledon, here's TalkSport's Lisa O'Sullivan. The curfew curtailed any further heroics from Andy Murray after he'd pulled ahead for the first time in his second round match. He's two sets to one up against Stefanos Tsitsipas. There's a worry, though, about a potential groin strain for the two-time champion after a nasty slip in the third set. Liam Brodie into the third round at Wimbledon for the second year running. He beat world number four Kasper Ruud. The Norwegian, who's been runner-up at three of the last five Grand Slams, isn't a fan of the surface at Wimbledon, joking that grass is for golfers. The British number five will face Canada's Denis Shapovalov. British women's number one Katie Bolter also back in the third round for a second year running. She was impressive, closing out a two sets to one win over Bulgaria's Victoria Tomova. Now to a huge announcement from the world of boxing that on Saturday, August the 12th, put it in your diary, TalkSport will bring you live commentary of Anthony Joshua against Dillian White from London's O2 Arena. Our expert team bring you unmissable content throughout the week, so make sure you subscribe to TalkSport Boxing on YouTube for much, much more. Now ahead of that fight, of course, matchroom boxing head honcho, easy for me to say, Eddie Hearn joined myself and Andy Townsend on drive yesterday to preview this enormous fight. When you look at AJ's CV and resume, I don't, I don't see the criticism. I think he's always been in those big fights. And here's an occasion. You know, he's going to make an absolute fortune to fight Dillian, uh, Deontay Wilder. But he wants to risk it all against Dillian White because he loves the fight. He loves the excitement. He loves the thrill. And when he boxed Jermaine Franklin last time, I don't think he had that thrill. I don't think he had that same feeling. So this time he said, I don't want to have another one of those fights. I will roll the dice. And that's so, what's so exciting about the fight, that you know, he's rolling the dice before he fights Deontay Wilder, which is, which is unique. And you know, even, look, Alexander Usyk's fighting Daniel Dubois before he fights maybe Tyson Fury. So I think you've got a good, good couple of fights there for the heavyweight um, landscape. AJ's got the Wilder fight locked in in December. You know, we had meetings last week with the Saudis. Obviously, he, that's one of the biggest fights in boxing. And he wanted to fight in the interim. You know, he's been working with Derek James, he wanted to have that fight, and he was insistent that it was Dillian White. And I'm, you know, I wasn't over the moon because I know it's dangerous. It's a fight that's built off emotion. They don't like each other. You saw what happened last summer at the O2. It's going to be an absolute firefight on August 12th. But I was with him last night. This is the one he wants. He doesn't want to have a, a nothing fight for the fans. This is a fight that's going to ignite British boxing as well. And uh, yeah, massive fight, massive fight for both men. TalkSport's Ian Abrahams was the first person to speak to Hannah Dingley, who recently became interim head coach at League Two club Forest Green Rovers. The Moose caught up with Hannah and owner Dale Vince to talk about her becoming the first female to take charge of an English football league club. Hannah, the announcer said tonight that it was a moment of, of football history in terms of having a woman in charge of a men's professional team. Have you felt that over the last 24 hours? 
Um, yeah, a little bit, as you say, the, the attention has, has made that, and I, and I think I want to make it really clear, it's great and it's fantastic, but the focus needs to be on the players and, you know, their preparations, and we are trying to, you know, we're, we're preparing a football team for a league season, and that's important. And we can't forget that. I mean, you know, that is the priority and that has to be the priority. And I know this is why we've, we've handled the situation like this, because they need to be the focus. Um, you know, we're just there to facilitate and coach them and hopefully have a really positive start to the League Two campaign. Absolutely. Are you worried it will take it away from the players? Though? The, if you, let's say, for example, opening game against Salford, you are, you are still in charge as interim or permanent. Are you worried that that will take it away from the players? You'll be bored by then, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> you don't get bored in me, do something else exciting come along by then, I'm sure. So, And that's what we have to do. We have to make it the norm. We have to make it not this. That's it right. has to become... And this is the start of that. Yes. Do you see this tonight and moving forward as being a real trailblazer for women in football? Yes, but it shouldn't be. Yes, <laughs> so it's, it's the like first that. and it's great, but I don't want to be the first, you know, and the only... Um, I think it's slightly disappointing that as the first female academy manager, I'm still really the only female academy manager. And if we want change to happen, we need more females in these positions throughout clubs. And if there's more uh, female coaches in youth football, I know Lydia Bedford has just um, got it at Bedford, the under-18s, then these opportunities will happen more and more um, because coaches get promoted from youth football. Um, So the more uh, female coaches we can get in the boys' game throughout the academy systems, then I think it will happen more naturally. When you announced that you were having the first woman to manage a men's professional team, did you expect this? No, I didn't expect it at all. And, of course, what we announced actually was that Hannah got the job. You know, our our lead um, focus wasn't that she was a woman, right? But she is. (laughs) But she is, that's right. And it happens to be the first time it's ever happened. Uh, I understand that. Um, I'm still surprised almost shocked by the by the attention but in a way it's probably a good thing because it suggests that the the, the barrier that we've just broken through was a big one right the, the bar to women in the men's game coaching in the men's game uh you know is, is bigger than perhaps uh, i imagined because the you know the reaction is incredible two obvious questions one is it a publicity stunt? <laughs> is it just to get you some headlines for a week or two well listen we don't lack headlines and i got other things to do i'm happy to be here talking about this i think i think we've done a good thing uh, for football and for the opportunities for women coaching in the men's game but we didn't do that on purpose and it was simply the the most qualified person at our club to take the interim role anybody that thinks it's a gimmick doesn't know what they're talking about we gave hannah the lead uh, role at the academy four years ago uh, simply on merit and then somebody told us that she was the first person in, in men's football first woman in men's football to have that role and, uh, and it surprised me at the time and, 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 and yet it didn't if you know what I mean you know I mean as a statistic it was surprising but if you feel about football you think oh yeah okay I'm sure there aren't many you know, or if any of that uh, going on uh, so, but we did know we were aware that she would be the first coach in men's football head coach in men's football um, but it didn't matter because she was the right person for the job and I'll back that and you couldn't answer give me a different answer if it was a man or a woman or, or whatever interim how, how long is interim I mean will she be there on day one of the season I don't know you know how interim works right you, you understand football we'll start a process now of recruitment Hannah may throw her name in the hat I haven't asked her if she will 
Uh, if she does, then she'll take part like everybody else. It'll be an equal process with no discrimination on, on gender, sexuality, race. It doesn't matter to us. It, it's all about merit. And I expect we'll get hundreds of applicants, and it'll be a big old job, actually, for the team to sift through those to get down to maybe 10 of the most serious contenders. And I, I do think that we're going to get a great coach out of this, and, and that's, that's a good thing. Uh, I think that we've broken a barrier for women in men's football. I think uh, that that's a good thing, and we've given Hannah a great opportunity uh, right now, and that's a good thing. What comes next, I can't know. She's, she isn't actually, for example, the next long-term manager of Forest Green Rose, like everyone else, like me. I'd have to apply for it. She has to apply for it. Yeah, you know how interim works. You know, there's always an interim coach, and there's always speculation, will they get the job, won't they get the job, do the fans want them, that kind of stuff. They're judged on performances. You know how it goes. It's like a, it's like a show, isn't it? We've seen it, we've seen it before. And that'll be, it'll be like that for us. Uh, we've got a handful of preseason games to get through in the next few weeks. I don't know if we'll conclude a recruitment process in that time or not. I honestly don't. Uh, but we're an open book. Um, in the way that I described to you, we're, we're looking for the, the coach with the most merit. And I think we've already proven we don't care what the gender is, uh, for example. And um, yeah. yeah, we're wrapping and up. Last, last one, just quickly. Um, the fan reaction, mixed, I think it's fair to say. Is um, it? Yeah, some of all, some On social media. On social media, absolutely. What's your message to those who are yet to be completely won over and on board with it? with this interim appointment ah, I say come on give us a chance give Hannah a chance you know uh, um, why do they feel that way because if you look at her coaching background then uh, she's qualified for the job so I'd say check yourselves ask yourselves why you're feeling that way to the breakfast show now on the team we're joined by Bastian Schweinsteiger the ex-Bayern man believes that the German giants are very interested in signing England skipper Harry Kane and believes the move would be the best thing for the Spurs striker at this stage of his career. Munich is looking for a striker forward, proper striker like Lewandowski. Chupomuting is not good enough for Bayern Munich, so mm. he's more the 1B solution. Um, but Bayern Munich, yes, of course, they would like to sign Harry Kane. Um, but I also know that Bayern Munich is not a club who will pay as much money as maybe the owner of Tottenham is asking for. So there will be uh, one guy who put the fist on the table and says, no, we are not paying so much, but they're looking for a striker. It would be a great fit. Also for him uh, himself, he has to ask himself, like, does he want to win a title in his life, in his career as a football player, you know, like a championship or or a Champions League. And at Bayern Munich, you know, I know he's a, he's a person who, who likes to have, of course, his family and friends around him. And Munich is the best place for it. You're like, you have a beautiful area around where you can live, your family can grow up, it's safe. Um, also, the experience uh, abroad, you know, which I had when I went to Manchester United helped me a lot. And, and I grew as a person as well. And of course, as a football player, he has a very good team around him and, and a very good coach. So Sam Matterface and Simon Jordan now. And the usually moany moany Simon Jordan was full of praise for the England under-21s after the Young Lions reached Saturday's European Championship final, which, of course, you can hear live on TalkSport. I look at this and say, these are tournaments and the change in direction, seemingly, from what we heard from Eddie Boothroyd, 
and the, 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 the mentality of the 21s is back where I think it should be, which is you're playing for your country, playing for the 21s is an elite environment, and winning tournaments is what we're in the business of. So let's go and win this tournament now. I mean, it's, it's a tall order, but notwithstanding it, it's something that's within our, within our range to do, I think. Now, after all that positivity, Simon, of course, was back to his usual ranty moany form when talking about the proposed sale of rights and changes to the FA Cup. Dig out your dictionary, or thesaurus, or both, and maybe just throw them at him. Look, it's a preposterous deal. It's a disgrace. The fact that we need an independent regulator and the FA haven't done their job for the last 30 years is a disgrace. The fact that the FA haven't enforced on the Premier League their contribution to grassroots football. Don't look at the solidarity payments that get paid down to the pyramid that were in exchange for the Elite Player Performance Programme. Look at the reality of their obligations to pay 5% of the proceeds from the Premier League into grassroots football. And they haven't done it. And that was on the FA's watch. Look at the fact that the FA have had an ability to be able to veto a lot of what the Premier League have ceded and attempted to do over the years and they've never used it and for the FA to have the brass neck to sit here and to pull out of a process that they initiated that's going to get them into legal trouble as a result of their breach of process and to bring the Premier League into the table to without without telling us why they're doing it and without enshrining the values of the FA Cup let's get Bullingham to tell us that they will enshrine the values of the FA Cup and the principles of, of it behind every every aspect of it let's make sure that he understands it doesn't affect the EFL let's make sure that he explains the reasons why that the Premier League which is a competitive league a league that has its own motivations its own agenda is being given the opportunity to package up rights for a unique valuable asset like the FA Cup It's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. To the Transfer Insiders now with Adi Oladipo and Rory Jennings. What Granit Xhaka did to that club is unforgivable. It it doesn't matter what came next. What he did to that club is unforgivable. He swore at the fans in their home ground. The fans paid their admission to get into that stadium. They committed their time and their money to follow their team. 
And a player on that team swore at them. He then followed that up, that tirade that he launched at the fans, he followed that up with a cardinal sin, an unforgivable sin, something that should have never, ever been forgotten by Arsenal fans, and yet they have. Mm. The captain's armband. Think about how... How important that is. Think How about, iconic Arsenal that Think was. about what it represents. That captain's armband. That's that's the spirit of Tony Adams. That's, just, that's the spirit of Thierry Henry. That's David Rowcastle. That's one of the most esteemed bits of material in terms of what it represents in the game. And he launched it. Launched it on the floor. Like, who do you think you are? Yeah, but if he's Where's not, the principle? If he's not been sold, yeah. and he wasn't, he could have been launched at the club, wasn't sold... Hasn't, hasn't he done well then considering how bad it went and you, like you just said that was really bad and I completely agree with you I think it was disgraceful considering how bad it went well that's it gang thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from there will of course be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Day podcasts out first thing in the morning do what you got to do to get it until then thanks for listening have a good day and above we'll be safe everyone be safe that was a podcast from TalkSport the TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car whatever your mission home or away don't delay Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.